Amen. Thank you. We're going to um, get into the word of 1 Corinthians if you get your Bibles open. Don't forget, if you, I, I was noticing Sunday and was going to make a note of it, but I, it was Sunday morning and I forgot. We still have some cars out there that don't have bumper stickers. So if you don't have one on your car, please get one. But they're not going on your bumper. They're going to go on the back window. They look real nice. So there's some as you go out. If you don't know how to put it on, we'll put it on for you professionally. And here's the thing. If you take a while to put it on, we're going to put it on whether you want it or not. We're going to tag you. So you've been warned. Amen. One night we went out there, about five or six of us, and we just hit all the cars. Only one person in the whole church took it back off. But I won't say who it was. 1 Corinthians 3. As you get your Bibles open, don't forget that this Sunday, besides obviously Breakaway Friday and Youth on Saturday, we're going to have uh, a special guest preacher. Pastor Dustin is coming through with his family, and they're going to be with us on Sunday morning and Sunday night. So that's Pastor Jones' second oldest son. Um, Pastor Dustin is dear to my heart. He's my best friend. We met in Costa Rica, and he's the reason that we're part of Victory World Outreach. So we met on the basketball court, and uh, he introduced me to Victory World Outreach, so I'm very thankful for him. And we have ties that will last forever. They got us into the fellowship, and we got them their daughter. So we'll always be forever friends. And uh, he's going to bring a great word. He's been in the ministry his entire life, and uh, he has a lot of wisdom, and he has the gray hairs to show it. Amen. And uh, he'll be here Sunday morning, Sunday night. So invite somebody out, please, and let's have a great uh, Sunday services. First Corinthians 3, I want to talk tonight about God's building inspection. This is a, a, we, we just got our fire uh, sprinkler system uh, updated. Every year we have an annual inspection and they have to come in. And some of y'all don't even know we have fire sprinklers, but we do. And uh, we have to get that updated every year. And they come in and they make sure everything's working correctly. And so every time we've had to at a Sunday school room, we've had to have them come in and add a um, light so that if they're in that room and a fire happens, that they'll know what's going on. And so it, it made me think when that happened last week uh, about how God has a building inspection of our lives. Amen. And uh, I, I preached a message like this way back in our first year as a church in our old building. Now, for some of you that don't know, our old building is exactly east from here, about a half a mile as the crow flies on Londonderry. And we were in that building for one year, and we started the church in our living room. And when we started the church in our living room, we, uh, after about a month, God started bringing people in, and we got immediately into a building. And so when we got that old building over there, uh, we went into it, and it needed a lot of work. A lot of work. And so we spent about a month fixing it up. And I want to talk about that a little bit tonight and bring it into perspective of how God wants to inspect continuously our lives. Amen. How many would let God do an inspection on you tonight? Think about all the things that need to be inspected. We every year get our uh, cars inspected for the emissions. Amen. We get our buildings inspected. We, we need to inspect our houses, amen, and make sure that they're clean. We need to make sure that our ACs are working. We need to make sure that our radiator has water in it in our car. There's lots of things that we need to maintain. 
And this is a good Wednesday night message for maintaining our walk with the Lord. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Say amen if you're there. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture. And it says in verse 5, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, Apollos but ministers through whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. For we are, watch these verses, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, and look at this, you are God's building. You're God's building tonight. That's why this is called God's building inspection, because we know that the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? He says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Now, before I continue, how many know tonight as we're reading these verses and we're seeing here that we have a very high calling tonight? We have a very high calling in the Lord tonight to serve God. We have a very high calling tonight to represent Jesus. We have a very high calling to further the gospel. Every single one of us have a call tonight. Don't sit here and think, well, some, I don't have a call. Every person here is called by God to do something great for him. And, and we need to understand that if we're not building on the right foundation, which is Jesus, I'm working on a message right now that the Lord put in my heart called, I'm lost without the cross. How many know we're lost without the cross? That, that is our barometer. That is our thermometer. That is our compass in life, the cross. And we need to understand tonight what we believe and Paul is laying a foundation here and he's saying that we are God's building. We are God's field. And it says that we are part of his, we are his fellow workers. That ought to make you one, very humbled and two, very excited to think that God would allow us to be on his team. That's pretty neat to think about that. When you think about God, it's not just a word, G-O-D. It's not just somebody we're here praising tonight. But when you really think about who God is. That should make you excited to think that the same God who created this universe, who's flung the stars and spoke light into existence, is saying, you are my fellow worker. You're on my team. Amen? And to say fellow means not equal in power, but we're right there next to him working for the kingdom of God. That's exciting. Amen? So we got to make sure that if we're working for God, we're building on the right foundation. Not working in the wrong place. How many of you know all over the world tonight people are working on the wrong foundation? There's only one true foundation. That kind of leads into that message I'm talking about, lost without the cross. Today people all over the world are walking in, in a form of religion and they're not on the right playing field. They're not building on the right foundation. And that's what Paul's talking about right here. As a wise master builder, look at it again in verse 10, he says... Uh, 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 10, that no, let us take heed how we build on it. So how many know that what we're doing tonight is serious business? 
It's serious. we got to take this word serious. And he says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid already, which is Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is not a cuss word. That is the Lord. Amen. This world uses it as a cuss word, but that name is the name above every name tonight. Amen. The name in which demons have to flee, sicknesses have to be healed. In the name we're saved tonight, it says no other foundation but Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds, verse 12, on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. I'm going to finish in a second, but think about that. We've talked about this before. The, there's, there's, we're all working. When you say, I'm saved, when you say, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're, you've got a hammer in your hand. Amen? You've got a, you've got a drill in your hand. You're a worker. Now, how many know some people don't know how to use this thing right here? This could be used for some real good building, or this can be used for some real good hurting. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell, tell a story real quick about me, put myself on blast. I, I've always been self-employed. I've always had some kind of business. I can work with my hands. I learned how to, and I'm not going to say I'm the best, but I learned how to paint. I learned how to build most of the walls in here. I built in the church that were not existing. I learned how to use my hands. I thank God for that. Amen. And I wouldn't call myself a master builder, but I know how to build things. And I know how to use tools. But even when you know what you're doing, you can have a bad day. And I remember, I think I was telling somebody recently that my, I had a bad day one day in Costa Rica. And I was building, uh, uh, adding on to our room, and actually I was trying to make our room bigger because our master bedroom wasn't very big. Destiny had moved out of hers, which was a very small room where she, when she was a baby, and we were opening it up so our two rooms could maybe become one and be the size of one. So I was remo removing a wall, and I was pulling wall, uh, boards off, and I was working, I think the girls were like at gymnastics or something, and I was by myself at the house, and I'm tearing stuff off. I don't have a hammer up here, but I'm pulling stuff off, and, and, and if you've been around me, I like to just get it done, so I'm not, I don't always work the safest, if anybody's been around me. I'm not the safest. safest. I know some people, and I really don't, I like to be safe, but I don't like to work around people that are so safe that you can't get anything done. So maybe there's a happy medium there, amen? But I work fast, and I'm moving around, and I'm, I'm pulling boards off, and there's boards everywhere, and I'm just going. I think I have some music on. I'm going to town. And I was going across the room, and bam, I stepped on a nail. Right on, I mean, right on top of it. Because what my papa would have taught me was, make sure that when you're working on that board, you're bending the nails over as you take them off. But see, I don't have time for that, because I'm trying to get done. So all you wise people would have bent the nails over, and I didn't, so I stepped right on it, and it hurt real bad, and I just pulled that piece of wood out and just kept on working. So I kept on working, and I'm moving around some more, and then I'm over here, and uh, I'm, I'm pulling a nail off, 
and I got a ladder sitting over here, and I got, it's not that big of a room, ladder, wood everywhere, wall coming down, I'm working hard, sweating, now my foot's hurting, so I'm kind of limping, and, and I'm pulling this piece of wood off, and I, I'm coming down like this, and I pull real hard, and when I come down, whoosh, there's another nail sticking out of the wall, but it wasn't the side that had the head, it was the side of the, from the other side, so the pointy part was sticking out. So when I came down to pull that one piece of wood down, my finger went. And if it wasn't for the bone, I would not have with my finger. It was pretty bad. My girls got home later and saw it. But what did I do? I grabbed a sock. I wrapped it around my finger, tightened it up, kept on working. Had to get it done. So I'm continuing to work. And now I'm realizing I'm getting a little faint in my mind. I'm bleeding from my foot. I'm bleeding from my finger. And I hit a, I hit a, a piece of wood. And there, the hammer was on top of the, of the ladder because I'd left it there somewhere along the way. Another bad thing to do. And so when I hit the hammer or the ladder, the hammer fell and hit me right here in the cheek. Thank God it was the hammer side and not the nail pull out side. So I continued to work. Now I've got a nail in my foot, hole in my foot. I've got a big bruise here on my eye, and my finger's falling off. And when I finally stopped was when my wife and daughters came home and said, you've got to go get this stitched. My lying baby? It's the truth, right? So we went and got it stitched, and I have a scar right here across. And so I had a bad day, and I probably didn't do everything like I should have done it. But I'll always remember that day, and I've got the scars to prove it. Amen? But how many know that that is a certain way, if you think about how I did those things, that is a lot of ways, many times, how we as believers walk our walk. We're making a mess of representing Jesus. Say amen. We're, because we're not doing it right. Because we get in a hurry or we get lazy or we, we don't do things like God wants and we're all guilty of that. Amen. We are all guilty of that. And so I want to show you some things in the scriptures tonight. And, I'm, and I was thinking about that building that we were in at the other building. And when we got in there, put myself on blast again, we began to tear walls down. We began to work on that thing and fix things up. We said, okay, we don't need this wall here. We don't need this wall here. We had to raise the ceiling. We worked in there for a month. If you, you could see pictures. At one time, it did not look like, it looked like some people's lives. It didn't look like there was much hope. For that building. How many know something like that? Amen. So I'm, we're building in that thing. And I'm just going like crazy. And I knew that the building that we had. Had a purpose. We we're going to put a church there. And that's how we are. We know tonight that we have a purpose. In this life. Amen. So relate this. We have a purpose. But sometimes or many times. Our building. Remember we read right there. We're a building. Our building is not in the position or in the place that when the inspection of God comes, we get a pass. Okay? Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.9 says, God has called us with a holy calling. A holy calling. This is a, that means it's serious. And so when we got into that building, it didn't really look bad. It looked, as a matter of fact, when we moved in that building over there, it looked really nice. It had carpet, it had nice walls, it had some French doors. But the problem is, is it wasn't what we needed for a church. 
We didn't have any open space for the sanctuary. We didn't have any, and, and, and the sanctuary at that time, actually our whole building was the size of this stage right here. That's how big our old building was. Robert and Sheila, Jeff, Mom and Dad, Chris and Laura would remember the old building, Ashley and Dylan. It was not very big, but we made it as big as we could. Amen. We pulled out a bunch of walls and went to work. And so we began to try to have the purpose for that building that we needed to make it. Ephesians 1.11 says, In whom also we've obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. We have a purpose tonight. Amen. Ephesians 3.11 says, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we, when we began to work on that building over there, and I could tell stories of this one as well, we had uh, many choices to choose from when we chose that building, but we finally realized that was the place. How many know you're not going to grow till you get to the place of understanding that this is the life God gave you, this is the body God gave you. This is the family God gave you. This is the marriage God gave you. This is the job at the moment God gave you. You need to get to a place where you say, God, I don't want everything to change. I want you to change me. Change me, Lord. Amen. And so we needed to go to the city of Denton to get permission to do everything we were doing but I didn't really want to go to the city of Denton to get permission because I knew the city of Denton was tough. That's what everybody told me when we moved here. So we thought, ah, it's just a few walls. We're just going to tear them down. So we start knocking walls down. Watch this. We started doing things our way. Y'all paying attention? We started doing things our way. We're going to have it like this. And we're going to have it like that. And the city of Denton's going to like it. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end is death. Another version says, but the end leads to destruction. So you go ahead and keep doing things the way you want to do it. You're going to keep on having problems. Can anybody in here agree with me or say, I've been there where I've tried to do things my way and I keep on messing it up. I keep on having the nails stepped on. I keep on cutting my finger. I keep on stepping on the... I keep having the hammer fit, hit me on the head. Come on. I'm trying to get you to, to have a visual tonight of what we do. But if we want to fulfill God's purpose in our lives, we have to do things God's way. Look at your life. Last six months, last year, last five years, however long you've been saved. And look over those years and think to yourself... How you've lived and how things have gone when you've done things God's way. Look at it. Stop and do what we're doing tonight. This is an inspection. Building inspection. Personal inspection. Examination. How many know we need these messages where we look inward and we say, God, where am I at? School's about to be out. Finals come in school. And you have to get a grade for what you've done that year. And you have to look inside and you say, okay, you passed. You didn't pass. And none of us like to fail. I don't know anybody that likes to fail. Failing is not fun. But how many know without failure, you don't have success? So it's okay to make some mistakes. But God wants us to be in a place tonight where we're saying, hey, God, I'm open for you to speak to me and to show me what I'm doing wrong that I need to do different. Okay? 
So we were working, tearing, building. We, were, we had a good heart and we had a purpose. We were trying to get this thing done as fast as possible so that we could start church. I mean, you know, a lot of times when we're doing something wrong, we're doing it with a right intention. Let me say that again. A lot of times when we're doing something wrong, we're doing it with the right intention. That doesn't always even have to be sin. It doesn't always even have to be sin. It just means you're not doing things the way God is telling you to do, and so you keep on having problems. So because of that, then the city comes in. We didn't ask the city to come. They just came. And I know James here is city of Eulis. He works in this area. See, he, he's having fun with this already. He walk, they walk in and they put a stop order on the building. You can no longer work in here. Put the paper. So how many know that messed up real bad? The plan and the purpose. We're trying to get in there as fast as possible because we're already paying rent. We're trying to get in there and start winning souls and build the church. And they're putting a stop order on us. You can't work in here anymore. Why? Because we were doing things our way. It wasn't lining up. Watch this. It wasn't lining up with the way the city not just because they didn't say, well, we're just going to go pick on Victory World Outreach. They had ways that buildings had to walk in and, and, and be in order. Just like God is not picking on us tonight. Amen? I think someone is looking for someone out there. God's not picking on us. He's, he's asking us to line up our lives with his word. Amen? So look at Matthew chapter 7, if you would. Move over in your Bible to the left, and I want to show you what Jesus is talking about here. I actually don't go there yet because I never finished my verse over here. Hold it right there. I was talking about wood and silver and gold and precious stones. So how many know that the Bible says there we have gold, silver, and precious stones, and we have wood, hay, and stubble. Those are our works. Those are the things we do for God, okay? And as we're doing these things for God, church, the Bible says that some things we do are wood, hay, and stubble. What does that mean? That means they're worthless in God's kingdom. That means that as we're working for God, He is labeling them wood, hay, or stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. And what that means is pass or no pass. Okay, just like the building inspecting people, they come in, they begin to say, okay, this is what you need to do. They, this is why we stop ordered the building. This is why you can't continue. And God is saying, look, you can keep working, but some of the things you're doing are not going to last or go through the fire because fire will try them. And what is wood, hay, and stubble will burn. And what is gold, silver, and precious stones will make it through. So our goal as believers, is to be doing things that are gold, silver, and precious stones. Doing things that are building up the kingdom of God. Doing things that are worthwhile. Doing things that will last. Amen. When you come to church and when you praise God and when you invest your time and your life 
and your money into the church, you are not doing something there that is wood, hay, or stubble. You are doing something that is gold, silver, and precious stones, and it will last forever. Amen? You can go make a deposit in the bank, and that bank money can disappear tomorrow. That bank can close. The money and currency can lose its value. But every time you give an offering to God, that money is going up to an eternal place where rust and moth does not destroy it. We're working for something eternal. So he says there, let's finish. He says, each one's work in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 3 will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, meaning go through the fire, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Then he says this question, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? How many have come to the realization of that tonight, that this body is not yours? The quicker you realize that, the better you're going to be and the faster you're going to begin to work on the things that are going to last. This body is not, Paul said, I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Amen? Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Tell somebody, you look good tonight. Just want to make sure your mouth was working. Say amen if you're there. Matthew chapter 7. So I said the city came in and put a stop order on us. And Jesus says in the word of God in verse 24 of Matthew 7, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who has built his house upon the what? Rock. Sunday school, you sing this song. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall. Why? It was founded on the rock. The rock of Jesus Christ. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built this house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. There was a city inspector. This isn't here in Denton County. But I found this story. It's very interesting. It's called Sevier County has a new building inspector. Listen to what it says. The new building inspector in Sevier County has, been, has never been before a building inspector. He's not a licensed contractor. He has no experience setting up building inspection department or any other department. He's never worked in a building inspection department. He's never been required to know building codes. He's never passed a building inspector exam and has no proven track record as a building inspector. Judging from his resume, resume, he's never even conducted a building inspection. This is a true story. This is a true county. This is in the news. He did have a license as a security guard several years ago. This is the building inspector. 
The Sevier County commissioners have set the county up for more legal action if, and God forbid, when a building fails and it is learned that the building failed after passing the rigorous inspection by the unqualified building inspector. How many know if they were not looking at the word of God as our source, if we're trying to do things our way, we are like that building inspector who is inspecting buildings with absolutely no experience. Amen. You can get yourself in a lot of trouble and go through a lot of pain. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Jacob real quick to help me out. Have you ever used one of these before? Okay, sit down. Stay there. Who's never used one of these before? Anybody? Come here. Come here real quick. Yeah, you come here. Yeah, come here. You put your hand up. Okay, she's afraid. You? You've used them? Who hasn't used one? Look at Gabriel. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Well, it would be a good example, wouldn't it? Okay, I'm not going to have anybody do it. But if I, I mean, how many of you would allow somebody who's never used one of these things Don't step on it. That's right. Jose, hold that for me. Just to put that, you know, just to, just to put that in there. See, if somebody didn't know how to use it, it could be dangerous, right? You got a lot of people using the Word of God like this. Not just in church, but believers. We're not really knowing what we're believing, and this, this can be dangerous. Right? This can be dangerous if we're not understanding what we're believing. And the only way we're going to understand what we're believing is we're saying, God... I don't think I have it all together. I don't think I know everything. Teach me. I mean, how many know God is more willing to answer than we are to ask? Amen? And, and He has the right tools to build a foundation in your life that will bring forth fruit, that will last. Amen? Something that's going to last forever. And you are all at different places in here because of not only the amount of time you've been saved, but also the amount of time, watch this, that you've been putting in to your salvation. Why do some people excel faster in God than others? Is it because God loves them more? Is it because His grace is greater for them? No, it's because they have a desire to get off the milk and begin to eat meat and begin to say, God, I don't want to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. I want, to, I want to get past those little things, and I want to start doing something big for God. Amen? I want to start doing something amazing for you, Lord. And so that's where we need to be tonight in our walk with God. We need to be saying, God, where, where am I at? Not where is somebody else at. Where am I at in my walk with you? Come in and do an inspection on me. Because in this world, we have a lot of religions and a lot of beliefs. And the sad thing is, even inside the church, there's a lot of beliefs. A lot. That's why there's so many denominations. You think God intended all these denominations? No, but how many know tonight there's only one truth? There's only one absolute truth tonight. There's only one real truth that we go off of, and that is what you are holding in your hand tonight. The word of God. God. And we need to learn how to use this Bible. Amen. We need to learn how to let it use us. Can't be used in the way God wants us to be used if we're not in this Bible. Now watch this. Why today 
are so many people not living according to the word of God? Ask yourself that question. Why is there so many people, not only that aren't saved, but that are saved, but are not living according to the word of God? I'm going to tell you why. It's not convenient. Living according to the word of God is not convenient for most people. Because the word of God is uncomfortable. Amen. It makes our lifestyle have to change. If, if, if we're reading the word of God correctly and we're really asking God to search our hearts, then it's uncomfortable for us. How many have realized that in your walk? Doesn't mean it's not worthwhile, but it's uncomfortable. Because God begins to get inside and goes deep into our lives and begins to say, hey, there are some things that you need to change in your life tonight. Amen. Look at Hebrews chapter four real quick with me as I'm nearing an end tonight. Hebrews chapter four. Say amen when you get there. The Bible says the word of God is living and powerful. Amen. Living and powerful. So here's another generic but great example. This drill is really powerful. Amen. It's got power to put a screw into a piece of wood real fast. Amen. And I could just go right through this wood. Look at that. Right into the pulpit. Almost. Right. This thing has power. This has power to build. This has power to do great things. But if you take the battery out, it's nothing. This is the word of God. This is us. We need to be connected so we can work and be the purpose that God has called us to be. Too many Christians are walking around trying to do something and be purposeful with no power. And Hebrews 4.12 says this. Watch. It says, the word of God is living and powerful. So it's not the problem of the word, it's the problem of us. We're not connected to it. And it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Watch that. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is, watch this, no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, those are some sobering words. When you begin to look at the Bible and you begin to see that the Bible knows everything about us, why do you think some people don't want to pick it up? Because if the Bible is used correctly, it is painful. It, it's, it, it's constant surgery. It's constant rebuke. It's constant. Now, of course, there's many verses that comfort and, and uplift. But if you're reading it right and you're reading it in a balanced way, you're being comforted as you're being convicted. Amen. And God is moving and doing things inside of your lives. It's powerful and living. When we went finally to the city and they began to tell us all of the things we had to do. To get our CO, it's called, Certificate of Occupancy. I'm going to be real honest with you. I wanted to throw in the towel. I did. Huh, Dad? Huh, honey? I wanted to quit. That building looked like a tornado had hit it. And then they said, besides all that, you got to fix this, 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 this. And they started telling us all this stuff. And I, listen, it hurt. 
It frustrated me. It angered me. All these motions were going on. The process of getting the certificate of occupancy for that building was painful. Very, very painful. It was very costly. It cost a lot of money to go get all the things they were asking for so that our purpose could be fulfilled in that church. And it was very time-consuming. Now, all of those words I just mentioned, I hope as you're listening, those kind of relate to the areas in your life and what you see when you see fruit in your life. When you see fruit in your life, you're going to realize, watch this, when you are seeing fruit in your life, you're going to recognize that it's time consuming. It's costly. It's painful. It's frustrating sometimes. See, this is the difference between the true church and the fake church because the fake church doesn't have any inconveniences. They got Starbucks in the house. Everything's good in the perfect church. That There's no pain, there's no suffering. It's all good. But a true believer understands that there is some suffering and some pain and some heartache because God is doing surgery on us. Can somebody say amen? So, I think tonight about the damage that, that we can do on our own, without God. It's dangerous. And I, and I have a picture sometimes. Here's, a, here's another picture. When I went to get this drill, the other one was losing its power. They had a deal. It was a good deal. How many guys in here and girls love tools? Anybody in here love tools? I like tools. So they had a saw, too. I just like that sound. So how many, how many people go around? This is not the, really the wisest size piece of wood to cut, Jose. Just hold that. There you go. Oh. Come on, just hold it. Just let me cut it. Watch that nail. I'm going to cut the nail. I'm just going to go. Good job, Jose. I was really bold of you. Will anybody hold it and let me cut it? These all these crazy kids. And some crazy adults. All the kids are raising their hands. Your parents are not going to let you. Isn't this cool? I love it. That's, that's what a lot of people are doing. Just walking around, uh, you know, using the word of God, swinging things around, being dangerous. Babies are being pulled back. Think about it. How well do you know how to use the tools God's given you? So we get all this stuff done. This is, this, this is going to tie it all together right here. We get all this stuff done. We went by their list and we, we did, fixed everything they said we needed to fix. So we thought we were ready. We had, I think we even had music playing. It was vacuumed and everything looked good. We were, we were confident when that guy came in, he was going to give us the CO. Guess what? He didn't give us the CO. He came in and gave us another list of things to do. Another list. 
again I wanted to quit. But see, I'm, I'm tying this in to get you to realize, and this is why a lot of Christians don't make it. Because they think that there's some place in their walk that they arrive and they stop growing. They think that they get to a place in their walk where they now know it all or understand it all and they don't need to keep learning and they don't need to keep having God inspect them. There's always going to be inspecting with God. As long as you and I let him inspect us. Because he cannot inspect us if we don't give him permission. We have to say, God, come in and do it, do it, Lord, and show me what I need. Now watch this. Go to Ephesians 3. I'm going to end with this verse. Ephesians 3. Here's the revelation the Lord showed me when we were remodeling that building. And it's actually very calming. In the, midst, in the midst of all the craziness, and we had to do the same thing in this building when we moved into here. It wasn't nearly as hard. We had a lot of experience. But we had a lot of stuff we had to do in here as well. But the, the neat thing was, is when I got that list of things, watch this, when I got that list, I was very angry, very upset, very frustrated that we weren't going to get our CO yet. But at the same time, I was also very happy because now I knew what I needed to do different. Now I knew what I was doing wrong. See, there's a peace in understanding that when God rebukes you, that when God corrects you, that when God tells you to change something, that if you do that and you obey him, you're going to see fruit. We just had to go now. Okay, now, we, we thought we had it all, but now he says, okay, these are the things. And I say, hey, if we do these things, you're going to give us a CO? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. So we did them. And when he came back, we went one by one, and we did everything he asked, and we got the certificate of occupancy, and we were able to move in. So through all that heartache, of all the problems, first realizing that I was trying to do it myself, messed up. Then they came in and said, there's what you got to do, and we fixed it. Then he came in and said, more that you had to fix. At least near the end, I knew what I needed to fix. And as a believer, you can do that too. If you'll come to church with your Bibles and your notebooks and your heart open and your spirit right, and you say, God, I, I, I know that I'm not exactly where I need to be, Speak to me and show me what I'm doing wrong or what I need to do different. What areas in my life are not lining up with your word. And when you tell me that thing, I'm going to be quick to fix it. I'm going to be quick to do it right. And then I'm going to know that I have my certificate of occupancy. I'm going to know that you can abide in me and that I'm not going to have problems because I'm doing what you're asking me to do. How many know that God is not trying to keep us from having a certificate of occupancy? He wants to occupy us. He wants to fill us. He wants to use us. But he also wants our lives to be right and in line with his word. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read this to end. And musicians, you can come. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 13. Therefore I ask, watch this, that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. 
For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many want to be filled with all of the fullness of God tonight? To Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. The power that works in us. This, this battery, this, 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 this drill is powerful, but it needs a battery. And this battery has to be charged. On a Wednesday night, you know what you're doing tonight? You're charging up your battery. You're charging up that battery to make it through the week. And you're allowing the Holy Spirit, the, those that have the heart of God, never get tired of saying, God, look at me. Search me. Look inside of me. I want to be right. I want to be in good standing with you. I want to be doing what you're asking me to do. I don't want to have... How many know that God will show up sometimes just like the city showed up? And he'll put a stop order on us. And things begin to go wrong. And we go, why is everything wrong? Why are things not working out? And we say, okay, God, you got a stop order on my life. I guess I got some things I need to work on. But he's only doing it to get your attention. He's only doing it because he knows the plans. As I sent out that verse today, he knows the plans and the thoughts that he has towards us. Thoughts of a good and expected end. He knows the purpose that he's placed in your life. And he knows that if he doesn't get rid of some of those things in your life, and if you don't allow him to do that work, he'll never fulfill his plan in you. Because free will says, I got to give God permission. I got to give God the place to work. Come on in, God. Do surgery. It's painful. It's angering. It's frustrating. It's time consuming. But oh, in the end, in the end, it's so worth it. How many have been saved long enough to know that it's worth it? It's worth the heartache. It's worth the struggle. It's, it's time, serving God is time consuming, but it's the best thing you can do with your time. Amen. Let's pray tonight.